No one is perfect, not even the Uggs. But don't tell them I said that. Here are some screw-ups, edits, and extras from the last episode of The Ugly Truth. We call them Ugly Cuts. One, two, three, go. By the way, um, last week's show, I know you don't listen, which it's okay. Uh It was probably one of the best shows we've done in almost a year. Really? It was really, really funny and really, really good. You were like so present it was hilarious. I forgot what we even talked about. We talked about uh, the 19 gross things, which ended up being an amazing segment. Oh, good. I'm glad we talked about it then. Yes, it was fabulous. Um, all of it was really funny. The dog bite story that I told and our awkward moments and all of that with the dogs. It was all funny. That's awesome. From beginning to end. Yes, good. from beginning to end. So well, anyway, I, I just we wanted were to... getting more. Do- I mean, gosh, it's been like s- snail mode in the downloads this week. So, well. That's all right. I mean, it's a new month and, you know, with and this happens every year with football and baseball. It just does. But oh, yeah, because it's, cool. it's the overlap right now. huh? Yes. Overlap. And, you know, the Giants are inching their way to the World Series. Oh, so did we'll they see. finally catch up? OK, because well, they, they won. They well, they won start this year. Well, that's OK. They just have to finish strong. They don't need to start fast. So, OK, well, they anyway. Go. All right. Here we go. Ready? Oh, oh I already did. it. Uh, 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 OK. I don't know what can be done. I, I I can be really honest and say I don't know a whole lot about the Haitian government. I know it is quite corrupt. I know uh, there's a quote-unquote wealthy side and a non-wealthy side, and the non-wealthy mm-hmm. side is where you see the photos that are just utter devastation. Um, well, and and so I, I don't really know. I think in those kinds of situations, and I think the same thing happened in um, – Wherever they had the big tsunami, was it the Philippines or the or Thailand or wherever it was? Um, yeah, you know, there's no yes, there's been there's yeah. there's no like land that you can claim. It's basically like you know yeah. your village is your village, but I mean, if it's washed away and someone richer or more powerful comes along and says, "Okay, this is mine now," then right then you're basically you're screwed. You've got to go find somewhere else to live. And yeah, so I can't. You don't you're yeah, you don't own anything. You don't have rights to anything. You know, you basically are just, you know, you're basically h- homeless, you know, as long as as long as mm-hmm. someone isn't bothering you. And yeah, it's, it's um, devastating. Well, it is. It is. Well, I'll tell you why, because. The guy who directed this is the guy that did Training Day with Denzel and Ethan Hawke back in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. He's a black act, or he's a black director. Mm-hmm. And he is trying really hard to ignore the whole race thing in Hollywood. So he's just like recruiting people he loves to work with, trying to give it a cool spin. So he, this, The Magnificent Seven was comprised of a white, two white guys, a a Chinese guy, a Native American, a Mexican, um, and a woman, and a black guy, obviously, Denzel. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, the reviewers are like, well, he didn't really focus on the multiracial beauty of all of this. And I'm like, why does it have to be so politically? Why can't it just be seven amazing people who happen to not all be white? 
I mean, can we just enjoy it for what it is, for the love of Christ? It's a fucking movie play, based in the Western times of the gold rush. So you know, were they was, looking for it to reprise its original yes. role or something? No, the original was all seven white guys. So that's what I'm saying is were they yes. looking at it to mirror like the original movie? Somehow? They were just trying to make it more like you know, PC than it was. It's like, how come he didn't really flesh out all these multicultural people and make it more, you know, relatable? And I'm like, because it's just a Western remake. That's all it is. And when you hear, when you read interviews, like Denzel, he get, he's been criticized for this, but he's just like, there is no black Hollywood. If they give you $25 million to do a movie, you damn well better make them $25 million back. Doesn't matter if you're black or white. Yeah. You better make them fucking money. And I, if I was there, I'd been like, you've got to stop. You are She's not like, going please. to win this. She's going to break your neck. Just leave. God, you're going to survive the hurricane, but not this. This is, and there is no one here to help you. They are all busy helping others. Wow. This is not, there ain't, police are not caught being called. Yeah. It's just, this is going to go on forever unless you don't. You know, tell your unconscious, I suppose. I'll, but anyway, I'll never understand people who will insist on staying. I just, yeah, I, you know, I mean, there's the I people know. who stay, but I mean, they're clearly not in the path of danger. So, I mean, I get right. that. Like, you yes. know, if, if the storm obviously doesn't look like it's going to be hitting you, like, like I said, there was the people who were on this very southern tip of Florida where mm-hmm. the storm was going to bypass them. Then, right. then, yeah, yes. I probably would have stayed because Me I'd be too. like, well, you know, it's it's not going to hit us. So it isn't going to hit you us. Know, we'll we're going to have rain and we're wind, gonna get but it's tropical storm stuff. But, you know, yes. this thing's not going to hit us. So I'm not going to, you know, be crazy and upload and leave and do all that stuff. But the areas where you're literally right there, Head like, on. Mm-hmm. it's going to be hitting you and you could be in 145 mile an hour winds. And there was you know, apparently flooding. there. There was, there has been in Florida, there was one death recorded so far based from the, on the storm, but, but they die. I have, there's been no discussion as to what it was. It could have been, you know, they got in a car accident leaving or something. That's kind of, you know what I mean? Sometimes they just use those. They don't say the storm swept them out to sea or anything like that. But I, we have a friend who grew up in Florida and she Oh, God, Kim's finally calling me. Um, She said that when they were like category ones and twos, they would actually shut down because they had to board everything up still because it's still, you know, a hurricane, Mm -hmm. but they would party and no one actually left. But but when you're doing threes and fours, that's like being in the middle of a tsunami slash tornado. Right. You don't you do not you don't just that's just dangerous. And so um, and a lot of people like, you know, no one I know was staying. Everyone that I heard of or knew of was leaving, you know, if they had to. Like, I have some friends who live in Georgia along the coastline, and they left immediately. They were like, nope, we have children. Bye. And they took off. They left. They went up. They went up to Virginia. But anyway, um, yeah, I... I read a little blurb today that the people that decided to ignore the evacuation, they had because the the rescue people go door to door in those areas. And if people refuse to leave, they are required to sign a piece of paper I that saw says that paper on next of kin. Yeah. Next of kin. And you're acknowledging that, yes, you are actively ignoring an evacuation order and they have to write their social security number on their arm in Sharpie. Isn't that insane? That's terrifying. Don't you think That's that terrifying. should be a sign? 
Well, the thing is, is that I think that that's the last stitch effort to scare these people to leave. You I know, it's like, we need your next of kin. I don't think that's a scare tactic. I think that's like... No, it's real. But what I'm that's saying what is mean. to... It gives them one last chance to acknowledge you're looking at another human being who will have to come back and retrieve your body for your mother that you're not leaving. And like for we, what other... We anticipate your death. And yes, your death. <laughs> you know, so this is how we're going to identify your body. Ugh, you and know what? in fact, the governor even said even... that. He's like, you will die. You will die. Yeah. You know? and And I think... That if they hadn't done that, there probably would be some deaths. Although it seems like, oh, it wasn't so bad. It's like, we don't really even know. Like, but I you was know looking what? at some of the even surges. If maybe it wasn't so bad. But what if it had been? Mm-hmm. You know? Like, what if what if it really had been You have bad? to prepare for the worst. You know? They and there's that. always going to be those people that are just mm-hmm. like, we didn't know. You know? Ugh, you know? And, yeah, I and, know. And I, I even posted, I'm like, kudos to the governor for being so brutally Direct. honest yeah. and blunt because there's not a soul alive that could ever say they had no warning there's right. no way there's no f- fucking way they can they, say know, they did not know they did the same thing in louisiana when hurricane katrina hit and primarily though the reason that people died there was that the um the levees the levees broke they because- had well and then and there but was that's part real, of it, though. Well, there was no way to know about the levees, though. I know, but the thing is, is that you, that's the whole point of evacuating, is that when right. that shit goes down, you're not there. <laughs> you True. know? I mean, you may be homeless, but at least you're alive. True. But that's the way I, I mean, look at it. Those things, those things should have never broke. I will be honest with you, Paula. There is nothing that I own physically, other than my children, that I wouldn't mind losing in lieu of my life like if well if and that's was what a, the president said he yeah. said he says you can always rebuild he says yeah. but you can't restore a life i just don't i i've never ever understood people who are so unwilling to leave their possessions behind that they would rather die than leave them like what I mean, it obviously means something to them, something in their core. This represents something to them. So they don't want to leave it. But for me, it's like, as long as I have my kids and, you know, Daryl is is secondary, to be honest with you, because he's a full grown man. He can he can probably survive on his own. Mm -hmm. But my children, you know, that's all I need. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know about you, but. You know, because I have anxiety and I my mind spirals occasionally, I think of all the possibilities of what could happen and what I would do. Well, you know, I get... Don't you? I... I, I No, I do. And you know what yeah. frustrates me is, you know, I listen to these news reports and mm-hmm. they say, you know, we've dispatched the National Guard. And mm-hmm. I get uh, torn because yeah. I know what Victor's job is. Right. And I know that's the life we've chosen but I get angry because I think about these people that refuse to go. Right. And I think about a situation like this and I'm just like, here, I just want my family to to be together. But Victor would probably have to go and do something and put himself in danger because mm-hmm. there's people who are being stupid basically oh so you mean like if something happened here right if oh, something happened here yeah victor would have to go and basically and put be himself in danger and i'd and the kids and i would be on our own right because victor would have to basically right put, you know well 
his I always job think first. And for me, though, I don't rely on. I would never rely on Daryl to do anything for me in a situation of that nature. For me, it's like, well, it's not that I, I would rely on him, but it's just that I wouldn't want him harmed. Well, no, but my point is, is that we should have thought of that before you married someone who does that stuff. Well, that's what I said. It's I'm yeah. torn because I know right. I know what our commitment is to right. our country. Well, it's his com- it's his commitment, but and as your a sacrifice, fam- but as a family, right. it's it's our commitment, right. and so. Well, my point is, is that I outside of that deepness, I just think about stuff like, okay, if the American River flooded, we're right next to it, we would be in a flood zone, but we're kind of high up, but not really. So where would I go? I'd go straight up the hill. It's like I have all these ideas, all these exit plans, all of these things. If there was a fire, where would I go? Sure. But I think I think it's just because I never want to be blindsided by disaster, which is why I could I could live in a hurricane area if I had to. Wouldn't want to, but I could because you have so much warning, but you don't have very much warning in Tornado Alley. Like I you couldn't pay me to move to Tornado Alley. Mm-hmm. That terrified tornadoes scare the shit out of me. Right. I mean, of all the things that can happen, that and tsunamis are the two things that scare me the most. But see, and at least in tsunamis, I, you actually have a fighting chance. Tornadoes, you do not. At least in tornadoes, though, or at least with in tornado alleys, like in the Midwest, at least people have basements out there, though. You know what I mean? Like we don't they, have basements. Well, we don't, they, they would do us no good here. But, no, but um, I'm just, actually, I'm just being selfish now. I wish houses in California <laughs> had basements. Do you know the value of a house with a basement? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. But anyways, I, but, I, I mean, just, at least I, yeah. you have you have that option where if, if you can tell if a st- bad storm's coming or if it's on television, you can just go to your basement. I have a friend who lives in Illinois and he lives in near an area where they get tornadoes occasionally. And Illinois does get tornadoes, but where he lives, he's a little bit closer to Chicago, so they don't get him as much. But he definitely gets tornado warnings probably twice a year. Mm-hmm. And we were talking once and I said... I can't ever imagine living in a place where I have to seek shelter from a windstorm. It that scares me so much, and I don't know why. It's just tornadoes really afraid. Well, tsunamis are my number one fear, but that is uh, scary. I think that those really scare my me. Number one scariness. Is yeah, that really scares me because there's no you can't the, escape those. The water is just God's cleaning system. I mean, it's just so well, and how would you keep your family together? You know, I don't know. It's awful. It's awful. And you know, people don't die from the water. They die from the shit that's in the water. All the debris. All no, the I just and try and think about and how am I going to keep all three of my kids together? <laughs> well, you just don't ever put yourself in that position. Um, I remember when Tyler was going uh, to school up in Humboldt and that huge earthquake happened yeah, you in were Japan. Telling me about that. And there was a tsunami warning and I was calling him. It was like two in the morning and I called him and he wasn't answering because he had been partying and he had essentially crashed and passed out. Right. I finally got him awake and I said, son, there's a tsunami coming. And up in Humboldt, that's a tsunami zone. And where he is, that's lo- it's low lying, which means he would have to actually seek high ground. And I said, you must wake up and you must get your ass home immediately because they're going to close it down you're not going to be able to leave and you're gonna have to go into high ground and sit in some shelter for three days if you don't and he's like that's not true that's not happening i said trust your mother i'm telling you so he's like what so he he gets up and he looks outside and he sees all these people leaving the school they're like literally screeching tires out of the school teachers everybody 
And so he gets his girlfriend and they drive home and they're one of the last cars to be able to leave before they shut the roads. Mm -hmm. A tsunami did hit, actually, and two people died. But it wasn't like the kind you see on TV or movies. But it doesn't matter. The surge was really, really high and the tsunami came and he was stuck at home for a week because they couldn't you couldn't get in. So, yeah, they, you don't mess around with those things. You All just right. don't. High ground, right. high ground. Oh, wait. We have to stop talking about the weather. Oh, Daryl will cut. Daryl will cut it. Oh, okay. But it's obviously... Oops. The, <laughs> the leaf blowers are active now. Oh. Um, so, this... But recently here to our local area, it's obviously made it to the West Coast now because we're right. usually the last to get everything. Um, <laughs> yeah. There is nothing like, I mean, grizzly bears in the wild, they will kill a bitch for even coming 10 feet they close will. to their babies. They got nothing on a woman and, and so her babies. I'm like, all of us moms know about this clown business. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, if you saw one mom chasing a clown, you know that you'd be be like, even, if, be- your, even if your kids were safe in the car, you'd still hop out and start chasing it. <laughs> but that's why you have those guns on you, because well, you know, you're trying I'm- to protect... Well, I mean, I people I'm are not into to- shooting people without people a, are, that don't have a gun. But people yeah. are trying to protect themselves, so... You know, if you're going to try and attack someone and you're a freaking clown, that's a good way to get shot. I don't understand. What I don't understand is the increase in sales. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? Because people suddenly think it's cool. It's so. And the theater people, they don't even have to be thin. They don't even care. So, Uh, you know, the lead actresses, God, they look wavy. Well, the actresses, but I mean, the guys, they can be whatever they want. The dudes can do whatever they want. They can literally roll out of bed, eat a bowl of cereal and be fine. Yeah, they don't have to work out. And then they just play Shakespeare. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I've seen some of the some of the the quote unquote leading actors who do theater and. They are definitely not thin. No. Maybe the young and hungry ones are, but the older gentlemen, no. You know who has to be thin, though, if you're going to be a leading actor? Mm. UFC fighters. They really shouldn't be doing any acting. <laughs> well, the only one that's really succeeded in doing that is The Rock, and he wasn't even a UFC. He well, was wrestling. Well, there's plenty of drama in UFC. That's oh for damn God. sure. You know what? It was Okay. Before you go on, whatever you're going to say, (laughs) not even two weeks ago, you said you were done with the UFC. So I was a little surprised to hear that you wanted to discuss it. Well, it's because I'm going to no more. And I'm I'm going to tell you why I'm done with UFC. Okay. Well, remind me not to invite you to any more parties. So this is it all started, I would say, a few weeks ago when Dana White said that Ronda Rousey was like the biggest star ever, 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 ever. And I'm just like, okay, I'm like, that's that's an interesting perspective. And so he basically came out and said, there's a great chance that Ronda Rousey and Amanda Nunes are going to have a fight probably by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And so Amanda Nunes is the current like women's bantamweight champion. She's the one that basically beat the shit out of Misha Tate. You remember okay. that girl? Yes, I do. She's really good. And so... Yes. They both have contracts for UFC 207, which is a December 30th in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Amanda Nunes has already signed hers. 
Ronda Rousey's had hers for almost three weeks now and hasn't, and hasn't signed it and hasn't done anything with it. Maybe she doesn't want to. Well, maybe that's so. But my whole thing is, is I'm like, why did he give her that contract with like, why? Like, should uh, he? I think he's just giving her the opportunity to, so he can say, don't say I didn't offer you the opportunity to redeem yourself. I don't think she's interested, to be honest with you. And maybe there's some shit going on in her life and she's just not able to. I don't think she's training. No, or, she is training. I know. But what I mean is I don't know if she's training and is going to be ready to to try to take a title fight. I mean, she I don't think she deserves a title fight personally. I don't but, either. But that's just because there's other women that have risen to the top. I, Ronda Rousey is is a badass, and you and I have discussed this at length on this show, where we I we agree that no matter what she does for the rest of her life, she will always be the foremother of women's MMA in the main arena. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for Ronda Rousey, we would not know any of these names. She well, had to basically beg Dana White to give her an opportunity, and he did. And look what ha- look what's happened. Yeah, you know. So she, if she didn't have such a horrible temper, if she didn't, wasn't so immature about certain things, she could just say, "No, I'm done. I've I've proven myself over and over again, and do something else." You know, she's she's an Olympian. She's a title holder. She's a she's she's historical now. So I don't know what more there is to prove. And she's almost 30. You know what they say. But I mean, it's it's just frustrating because there's so many other people like Misha Tate should actually be getting a rematch. You know, Holly Holm should be getting a rematch. And, (sighs) you know, none of the they're just not following suit. You know what I mean? There's just a lot has changed since the sale. I think a lot lot has changed. a, A lot of people have said that a lot has changed since they have sold it. Uh, you know, who knows? So, you know, I, I don't know. So that brings me to my next point. Eddie Alvarez mm-hmm. and Conor McGregor, which is the UFC 205. Right. Okay. So UFC 205 was supposed to be Eddie Alvarez and the number one contender of the lightweight. His last name is Nurmagomedov or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Dana White even confirmed it. They right. had written agreements. Both of them did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Seven days later... It was announced it was going to be Alvarez and McGregor. Right. So this Nurmer whatever guy basically got fucked. Well, he did. And and it's just Conor McGregor's not even a lightweight. It's 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 another right. exhibition match. Oh, and are you are you sure it's not a title fight? It's a title fight, but Conor McGregor's not even in that weight class. Yeah, but he's, well, he will be when he fights. But the thing is, is this guy was the number one contender in the weight class. Right. And he was told, he had a contract to sign to fight in that fight. And then seven, and then seven Mm -hmm. days later, they took it out from underneath him and gave it to Conor McGregor. Yeah, I know what you're, I know what you're thinking. Um, I thought it was Jose Aldo that did that. No. No, that's not what happened. Well, I'm I'm reading something right now because Jose, Jose Aldo has requested to, to be removed from the UFC. That's he next. Out of his... That's next. Oh, okay. So 
Conor McGregor is the just the current featherweight mm-hmm. title holder. Eddie Alvarez is the current lightweight holder. Mm-hmm. So Conor McGregor is going up ten pounds, right, to fight Eddie Alvarez. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that speaking just on the matter matter of ticket sales, people would much rather see Conor McGregor fight anybody right now. And and they're thinking about the money. They're not thinking about the fighter. And there should be a fighter's union, and there isn't one. So that could potentially happen with all of this. Um, because, and I don't know what, I don't, I don't know why they're bending over accommodating Conor McGregor in two different weight classes. But they are. And these guys have every right to be pissed. Yeah. And, I wish, you know, the written agreement thing, there there must be some clauses in there because, you know, there's no way you can just change your mind and not there, not there oh, be. I'm sure there's a clause in there that says UFC has the right to, right. you know, relinquish the whatever or the right to, you know, change the agreement at any time. Mm-hmm. So, but it just, it was such a shitty thing to do. And, yeah. and it's, and they're. It's wrong. It's wrong to change what should have been a right fight, which is mm-hmm. you know having your champion fight your number one contender. That's what right. makes sense. But instead, turning it into basically an exhibition fight, which is having right. your champion fight someone completely out of your weight class. But and- if he wins, he gets the belt. So it's not an exhibition fight. Well, no, but I mean, he does get the belt. But then the other part about it, too, is is that if he's going to fight for another belt, then he really should be relinquishing his other belt because he hasn't fought. He hasn't fought to retain that belt since he got it almost a year ago. Yeah. You know what? I I did hear that that he should give it up if he's going to stay like but his what he wanted to do is he wanted to hold two belts in two classes, which is why he's not giving it up. And Dana's not making him give it up either. No. So what um, Jose Aldo said is, is that he was set. He says he was promised a rematch or he was Mm -hmm. told that Connor would be stripped of his title if he was going to try and compete for another belt. Mm -hmm. And since neither's happened, he wants to get out of his contract then. I think he should. And, well, UFC is, won't release him. Well, they will. I, or they'll, or he'll, you know what I mean? Or he'll just ride it out and wait. Well, he because says I, he has six fights left on his contract. And so he says if they won't release him out of his contract, that he's going to take him to court. He should. And so. He should. I mean, you know, a contract's a contract. It's no, it's, it's just like anything else. You know, he'll either be dormant for a year and then come back. I, I heard he wants to try boxing, which I think is a really good idea because he could make a shit ton more money. And he's already so in shape and he already knows how to box. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of only focusing on the boxing and he could make millions. He's, he's a name already and he could, you know, and you can fight up into your 40s. You know, it's yeah. not like MMA. It's completely different. I don't feel... I don't feel outrage for any of these people. You know, I mean, I it's all about the money. You know, these guys all have big ass egos and I totally get it. But that's why I like watching it. That's why I like watching it is I like to see these guys, you know, walk around with their peacock feathers out and doing their thing. Um, Dana White is just as corrupt when it comes to the fighters as any other organization in any other sport, whether it's football or baseball or basketball or wrestling or, um, you know, boxing. It's all the same. Soccer. 
I mean, it's just, it is what it is. I don't have the emotional outrage that you do because it's like these guys who, especially the ones that are at the very tippity top where everybody in the world knows their name. This is not new to them. They've been fucked over by Dana White many times, many times. And it's like, they just finally hit their, you know, hit their limit. But, but with me, it's like, you know, I certainly can't remember the last time I bought a pay-per-view, you know, I mean, it's been a long time. It's been a really long time. And so they can do this kind of crap. But the reality is, it's like they'll all find another home. UFC isn't the be all end all. They don't even pay them that well. You know, so yeah. to me, it's like, eh. you know, I'm I'm sorry that that you're done with UFC. I'm not. I, I, I really appreciate how amazingly talented these men and women are. I love watching them do their thing. I'm not a big fan of the bloody stuff, but I like it when when I'm looking at someone who knows what they're doing. Uh, it's it's beautiful. It's like watching someone race or ice skate or, you know, whatever gymnastics. It's the same thing. Oh, by the way, are you watching Dancing with Stars still? Uh, yeah, we just haven't we didn't watch last week's, but oh, I don't watch it. I, I was just wondering if anybody if anything wonderful had happened. Well, yeah. No, I think what I don't like right now is just how unhappy that mm-hmm. that there's it seems that there's so many that there are. I mean, I don't recall a time in the years that I've been watching it that there's been so many people that are just unhappy with the treatment. Because I think they're more vocal now because they are they can be because things seem to it seemed in times past that things used to be a little bit more fair and there was a standard order to things and mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like those things are going that way like they used to even Anderson Silva was complaining yesterday mm-hmm. I don't know did you hear about that nah. He was saying that um, he was disappointed because he felt like he was disrespected um, because Dana and um, who's the one guy, Frittata or Ferretta or whatever, they never even said thank you when he um, stepped in for John Jones Mm -hmm. um, and fought for fought Daniel Cormier. And he's just like. He just was like, that's so rude. And then they also told him to be on standby this coming weekend for the Michael Bisping or Dan Henderson fight, just in case. Oh, to step in and yeah, take the fight. in case something happens. And he's just like, "What is that? You know, like right? Like why are why are you treating me like that? You know." I just think what happens is when it, when it's a, when it's a business that clearly we know now is worth four billion dollars plus. It's fighters are no longer human at that level. Now they're just commodities. Right. And that's how they're being treated. And the best way to solve that is for a union. Then you have someone looking out for the fighter's interests, especially when you're talking about, you know, because these guys don't, a lot of these guys, all they know is how to fight. They're not savvy in the business area. They don't have, you know, their brother is their manager or something. You know what I mean? Their coach is their dad or something. It's not super sophisticated. So it wouldn't be the worst idea to have some kind of organization that will allow these guys who don't necessarily have the ability to dance with Dana White when it comes to negotiating contracts or what they're entitled to um, 
represent them, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, guys like Donald Cerrone, Cowboy Cerrone, he has an amazing team. He's got a manager. He's got, you know, people looking out for him. He's taken care of and he's happy. But that's because he was smart and got people to do that work for him. He has an attorney, all of that stuff. But some of these guys don't. These guys from Brazil, they may not have the same ability to gather those types of people to represent him in front of a UFC board. So I I do think that a union is important. And I hope that that will happen at some point. I really do. Because they'll get paid better. They'll be taken care of. Um, you know, I, I mean, I know like their healthcare is really taken care of, but I mean, other things, you know, like the whole just being paid well, you right. know, I mean, what was the one where the guy made more? Oh, CM Punk made more money than the guy that, that beat him. Oh, just the same night. Alvaro, that kind of thing. Alvaro Oversteam made more than um, Steel and he was the loser. Yeah, exactly. So that kind of stuff, you know, that that is a... That's what happens when fighters who are more savvy, business savvy, that's how they negotiate. And you can and the guys that don't know how to negotiate are the ones that make a pittance because they don't they don't care about that. They're just like, whatever, you know, what, whatever, you know, if we offer you 100 grand, you say, yes, done and done. You know, it's not our fault. You could have asked for more. Maybe we should go in the business of being a fighter, a union. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we'd have why to not? figure out how to do it, but we should. Yeah, do it. I don't know how hard can it be. Well, you I know? mean, honestly, it doesn't sound like it would be be hard. I mean, <laughs> we just need a lawyer, and then we could just, you know, really unions. All they are just fancy, fancy talk, Jamie. That's all it is. Really, well, that and being really pissed off for your friends, right? Going I mean, in and standing in front, standing, standing in front of your friends, and they're standing behind you while you're defending them for their. That's you know. easy. I could do that. Yeah. We do that all the time. Any fool you just, do that. We I've, just can't. I've we done just can't human resources anyone. so long that I mean, I would have no problem doing that whatsoever. Oh my God, Paula. Let's do it. Did we just figure out how to do that? Well, so what would we need to do? We'd need like an employment lawyer just to help draft contracts. So we had the legal well, we need work to, in there. You know what? And then we this would is... need to get access to the fighters to try and see if we could get them unionized. There is, this is so odd, but there, I just read this article. Okay, super weird. Daryl will probably put it in cuts. But the other day, I don't know how I came across this, but back in the 50s, this woman who was nuts kidnapped this baby out of a hospital. And this all happened in the Bay Area. Took this baby, went to Lodi with her husband, and somehow they figured out that she was not the mom. And she had, she had had this baby for like eight days. So when the husband realized that she this wasn't his child, he made her take it to a church in Lodi and they dropped it off. And then the baby was sent back to the mom and the dad. Well, the dad was a doctor. This doctor's still alive. He is the one that created the doctor's union because back in the 50s, even he knew that the government was going to try to mess with healthcare. And he, you know, and now if you think about it, like when you go, you know, those 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 groups that doctors have to be affiliated with to get access to patients and stuff, mm-hmm. HMOs and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, but yeah. okay, oh, yeah, um, he hates that groups. shit. Yeah, he hates it. He's like everybody should have a private practice. They should not be forced to do this or that. And so he created the doctors union. It's still active today. There's three hundred thousand doctors in it. It's crazy. He started it on his own. He just started it because he was so passionate about that. Doctors needed to be represented. They're like, we can't just be at the mercy of 
hospitals and insurance. We need our own representatives, you know? And so he just did it. And I'm like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. <coughs> right? I mean, how hard can it be? So we would almost need a, actually like a Nevada lawyer, like a Nevada employment lawyer. Yeah, because it's based out of Vegas, right? Most of the fights would be. And mm. then... Well, but fighters are all over the world. True. But I mean, it would be beneficial to have most of them. So that way mm-hmm. we could do we that. Should, you know, we need to do some research on this. I really think it's a good idea. I agree. I agree. Let's think about that. Okay. So and this is... Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that we could start small with some of the smaller fighters. And like, we don't have to get the big fighters because they obviously handle but the smaller fighters, we could like, you know, unionize some of the smaller fighters. I really love this idea. I think it's a good idea. Are you googling stuff? No, I'm just listening. I'm just thinking. Oh, <laughs> do you hear the? Do you smell the smoke of our brains working? Thanks for checking out this week's Ugly Cuts. Join us for an all-new episode dropping every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform and, of course, UglyTruth.com. That's U-G-L-E-E Truth.com.